Warning, wrestling POV global is not suitable for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, this is Dan Crawford at WPOV Global. POV, global black and yellow brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket. But I digress from elite elite to the hot topic. AW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Heard any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, Legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-host, the gentleman, Elio Canella. It is Elio. great to be here. It is indeed. You are looking wide awake and ready. Awake is a good thing after wrestling, isn't it? Not? <laughs> I am wide awake, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll get in, folks, to this week's AEW Dynamite. Find out why. I, I guess that main event probably kept you awake more than anything else, but... Uh, yeah, it, it was it wasn't it wasn't a bad show, but uh, I, I found last week a little more enjoyable. Okay, well we'll get into that. We're gonna dig in and see what you liked, what you didn't like, what what directions and stuff. But uh, fans, uh, before we get started, I want to ask you, Elio, how was your week? Well, my week was great actually. Today, I know it's it sounds like an or an, any other ordinary thing going to the library, mm-hmm. but today was actually pretty cool because I did go to the library and got to get out of the house for the first time. Wow. In that the, is pretty exciting. You know, like seriously, we haven't been able to go anywhere. So at least today I got to get out of the house. You know what? I was gonna find my friend my my son uh brought a special guest this week. But uh, <laughs> oh, no <laughs> I do not know why he is in love with this Andrade figure. <laughs> He doesn't even know who he really is. Is that what you were telling us about? Yes, this is the thing from last week. It's the WWF series, which ironically he's not in the WWF or Ian. Now he belongs to AEW, but uh, it's a good figure. It's, I guess he likes it. He plays with it quite a bit. So, Andrade, you made a fan. No, wait, wait, is that the only one he has? Yes, that is the only figure he has. Oh, so he's like... Yes, he has a he has a match against an invisible opponent. I guess. Well, that's the thing. These stupid things cost like twenty bucks, right? He, <laughs> wow. He uh, he wanted another one so that they could fight together. So I'll probably get him one next week or so. But the two he was looking at, are you ready for this? What's the this? two that the two he was looking at between that he wanted was either Ricochet, okay, or AJ Styles. Jeez. And and bear in mind, he doesn't watch wrestling and doesn't really know these guys at all. So AJ, I think it's because AJ's in blue tights and blue stuff, and he likes the way Ricochet looks. And this one, the black and white, is I guess what got him for the Andrade figure. But that's pretty cool. That's that's whack. So yeah, uh, my week uh, hard. Back at work mm-hmm. uh, every day, uh, seven in the morning till like at least four o'clock at night, uh, pounding the hours, developing some stuff. So it's it's been a tough week, but it's been rewarding. But it's good to be out of the house finally after after a whole year. It, yeah, over a year and a half of not Jeez. working. It's interesting to go back to work yeah. for sure. <laughs> Anyhow, you know what, fans? I'm sure a lot of you have the same kind of stories, and it's kind of great that everything's opening up. And you know what else is kind of cool now is watching the fans' uh, reactions to the matches and, and the things we're seeing. And we'll go over that with AW Dynamite tonight because I was curious 
about certain things. And uh, some of those questions got answered tonight. Some of the well, answers. First of all, I have, a, I have two questions. Actually, the first one, um, yeah. did, did they put up a MLW Battle Riot 3? I do not know. Because, I'm going be, to, I, because I have the results here. Oh, oh, for, I don't even know. Battle Riot 3. Well, you know what? Give us a spoiler, Elio. Who won the Battle Riot? Because the Battle Riot winner is like the gets a, a title shot, right? Against the MLW champion. So who let me take a fuck too, I believe. So the winner of the Battle Riot 3 was Alexander Hammerstone. Oh, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they've been brewing however, this feud. However, I'm wondering if uh, Savio Vika pulled the three faces of Foley in this match. Oh. Because he came out as three different guys. He came out as Quang, and then he came out as Savio Vega. Oh wow! <laughs> but that's only two faces. Was that's why I said that I said he he must have pulled the two three faces of Foley, except this was the two faces of Vega. The two faces of Vega. That sounds terrible. It sounds like he's <laughs> going to turn on someone. Well, okay. Well, congratulations <laughs> to Alexander Hammerstone, who I believe he's still champion, isn't he? Uh, what's their other title called? Is it the uh, open weight? The open weight champion. So. He recently, well, as recently as probably some six months ago, had a match with Jacob Fatu, which uh, did not end in a, in a very conclusive way. So it's good to see that this feud going on. And let's face it, uh, Jacob Fatu is a humongously big man, big, scary Samoan. But Hammerstone's no slouch. He's a very big man, too. So it's good to see two, somebody step up to Fatu and hopefully, who are not even hopefully, but maybe... We, we'll see a title change down the road. I'm not saying hopefully because Fatu has been a pretty good champion. I know. Uh, is the G1 supposed to be starting soon? The G1, you know what? I I don't know. New Japan seems so backed up with some of their stuff. I mean, they're competing with the Olympics right away. Uh, they're doing a bunch of Kurikon Hall shows right away. Um, I haven't, it seems it's been hard to get into New Japan this year, hasn't it, Elio? I've yeah. I've a hard time getting into it. And, 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 I, and, I, I was, and I was looking at the at the vault. We only have three matches in there. Wow! Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> hopefully we got some matches coming up that can do something for it. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, tonight's uh, Nyla Rose match will not be in the vault. Darn! I was hoping that would be a match of the year. Oh, no, not really. No, no, it was Kaz and Doc at Gallows. <laughs> no, we'll get, we won't even get into it. <laughs> but. Uh, you know what, folks? We do a little segment. We used to call it Elite Delete, mm-hmm. but now we've kind of renamed it. We call it uh, Dynamite or Bomb. And because, you know, this show is AEW Dynamite, obviously Dynamite means that this person is, you know, like they're like on fire. They're like the guy who's on your screen making moves. He, he's somebody you can almost start to believe in. You know what I mean? Uh, the direction that character at this moment is going is that person dynamite? Are they are they right in there? Are they someone to be paying attention to? Or bomb, and we don't mean like, oh, you're the bomb. No, we mean like you're bombing out, like you're you're kind of blowing it. And and that's not is not necessarily the talent's fault. Sometimes it's the situation, uh, the storylines, whatever. But at this moment, could that person that you're seeing that we're talking about at this moment, would we consider them on the fast track to going places or are they on the slow death dredge down to dark? Now, today, uh, we put up as our uh, dynamite or bomb. Who, who did we put up this week? Christian Cage. Christian Cage. And uh, hmm, I'm going to let you start off with this one, Elio. You tell me what you put him as and why. 
All right, so Christian Cage, uh, it was a surprise when uh, he showed up uh, and um, everyone was popped and we thought he was going to be Dynamite, but I think the way he's been booked, I'm going to have to say, I'm not going to put him as a as bomb. And it's not, it's, not his, it's not necessarily his fault. It's just like the way he, like, because he came in with this whole outwork everyone thing, but some of his matches, they've been good, but they haven't been like great. Okay, definitely not main event material. And not the way he's been booked uh, lately. And yeah, now, and, and and now he's getting uh, into this whole thing with Jurassic Park. Hmm. I agree. Um, this was a tough one for me. I've always enjoyed Christian as a singles competitor. Yeah. Um, he's had some great uh, matches. But you're right. Uh, he came off with a hot, hot start in AEW and fizzled super quick. And um, it seems he's been treading water a lot. And uh, for a while there, I, I thought maybe they were positioning him to, to maybe turn on Jungle Boy <laughs> and, you know, take a big run as a villain. But that didn't happen. And it's, it put him in the lesser shadow of Jungle Boy. I mean, I guess he still could turn on him at some time and make you know the thing around but right now he's out there helping them fight people for marco stunt and you gotta be hoping that it, the jurassic express isn't something that's going to drag him down further i mean jungle boy himself could possibly help elevate him but boy gotta say uh that's a tough line but right now i think last week i would have been definitely saying uh that he was bombing this week, I'm, a, I'm still going to say bombing, but, you know, he's just on the periphery. He, it seems like he, he could turn around easily for him, and he could easily be back on top and be uh, a viable contender. But it's hard to tell. The direction they're going now isn't so great. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Elio. I'm going to go with bombing right now. All right? So, folks, we're going to go over next to our, our uh, hot topics, okay? Our first hot topic, and I... And, uh, I, I know I said it funny, but I just wanted people to think about this was the question was, was did Santana and Ortiz, uh, what do people think about, the, you know, it seemed like they kind of, in a way, bullied, strong-armed, intimidated Tully Blanchard. So I want to know if people thought that was bullying. Did they think that was kind of a, a bad, evil, you know, heel thing to do? And I'm going to ask you, Elio, what did you think of that situation? Having uh, Santana and Ortiz Grabbing Tully, who we know is not an in-ring talent. He obviously, I mean, he did the one match, but uh, he's saying, you know, he, at his age even, it's pretty, pretty crazy for him to get back in the ring and do any kind of semblance of, of a match. What Santana and Ortiz did kind of, what did you think of that, Elio, and how did you see it? I'm going to have to go with, uh, yeah, it, I'd say it was kind of, it was uh, bullying there. See, that, that was the point why I put that up, is, I mean, we could say, oh, well, you know, Tully's kind of a bad guy. I mean, I mean Tully's a bad guy, but uh, he's not an in-ring talent anymore. He can't really defend himself. So, And I want to say that I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to be at any school, at any public place, where two people were to do that to somebody else. You can't just walk away and say, oh, well, they were just joking. Oh, that's just all, you know, harmless yeah. scaring. Intimidating people is part of bullying. And I guess I just didn't like that message being sent. And I yep. find it, 
I find it a little ugly. I don't think it needs to be said. I don't think that uh, Ortiz and Santana should be portrayed as those kind of guys. They're supposed to be in some ways a bit of heroes from the street. Yeah, and it kind of makes them look like he, like they're the heroes when, exactly. you, when we see them in that situation. I mean, picking on an old man is what it boils down to. Yeah. So I just, I just thought that a very strange thing to put in there. And I know people say, well, it's wrestling. It's not real. But aren't they, portray- aren't they trying to portray things as realistically as they can? Mm-hmm. And I just don't like it's the same idea of sometimes when they used to have violence against women or certain stuff. And, and you just can't. I don't think anymore you can address stuff as, well, that's just wrestling. You know, we were very hard uh, last year, especially Rick uh, Serrano III, about Excalibur using the word N-word, using yes. the N-word quite a bit in a promo that he did to intimidate a black wrestler. And even said black wrestler came forward and said, no, he told me what he was, we talked about it beforehand and I was okay with it. It still resonated as areas you don't want to really see glorified. And the problem I had with this is I love uh, Santana and Ortiz. I think they're a very good team. I enjoy what they're doing. I think Santana is incredibly charismatic at this moment. He's really hitting things together. And I think when I see something like this, it's a bit of a step back in character. You know, it, 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 it's portraying them as ruffians, as people who don't really care about other people's feelings. If you're willing to intimidate and strong arm an old man, just I don't think that's a good guy thing to do, and I don't think it's a cool thing to do. In my opinion, that that's a form of bullying that I don't want to see that betrayed. There, there was other ways they could portray this stuff, and I don't I don't think this was a good way to do it. Yeah. Alrighty. Moving on. Our um, our next hot topic was um well. So our next hot topic. Okay, I was gonna say I remember it's it's uh-huh. it involves uh the pinnacle not they're called the pinnacle yeah the pinnacle. Yep. And uh, what the hell is the other team called? Inner Circle. The Inner Circle. I was going to say the Acclaim, but that's a tag team. The Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. Now, we've been watching this for, man, it seems almost as long as the pandemic. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, going back and forth. Um, Chris Jericho is in the middle of this crazy thing trying to get – he's the leader of uh, the Pinnacle – or the Inner Circle. Inner Circle. And MJF is the leader of uh, the – the pinnacle. <laughs> wanting to say all these other words, like God. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we have been watching this for quite a long time. We've seen weird ways of storytelling where guys have gotten come up, and so we've seen revenge in the beginning. We've seen continuous <laughs> things. I wondered if fans are getting bored of this. Are you starting to get to the point where you're like, oh, I'd love for this to to wrap up? And we got to wonder if Chris Jericho, this whole path he's on of the five matches, and if he gets through them, gets MJF. Is this the end of this whole feud, or is this just another chapter of it? And how are you feeling on this feud? Are you still feeling a freshness in LAO, or has it become stale for you? Okay, yeah, this has been drawn out for, I don't, for I don't know how long. I mean, I thought it was going to end at uh, Blood and Guts. With, that should have been the blow-off match, but no, we get a stadium stampede. So at this point, it's like, I don't want to, I don't really want to see another Jericho MJF match. I mean, I thought it should have been blown off at the stadium stampede. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, here's the problem we always talk about in wrestling, how things happen too fast. 
we'd like the storytelling maybe to be stretched out a little bit so that, uh, you know, we could, uh, I don't know, get a better feeling with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Now the problem here is um, they have drawn it out and made it longer, but they've done so little with it Mm -hmm. that it's become a bore. I mean, we, you know, you go back to the glory days of the WWF and they could take a storyline and run it for a year year and a half and you were salivating at the end you wanted to see the the dust off you wanted to see the good guy triumph the bad guys you know be finally put in their places and this process of getting there uh that was what built it the process of going along of seeing bit by bit the the bad guy failing uh not be able to escape as clean each time you know the good guy getting closer and closer the problem with this is the bizarre storytelling of AEW. Um, these teams collide like boom. They, they have a problem with each other. And then the next week, one of the teams takes out almost the other team. And then three weeks later, not even three weeks later, was it like a week or two later, um, Inner Circle comes back and beats the crap out of them. And then like they take MJF and flush his head in a toilet. To me, that's like game over. That should be good. <laughs> If you can get to the team, you could beat them up. You could take their their uh, captain or their leader and, and give him massive swirlies. I think that kind of defeats anything that you may have built as a team. And if they had just paced the story out, if these guys hadn't had these collisions so much so quickly, if they could have dragged out the actual confrontations, it might have had us a bit more on our seats wanting to see where this was going. But I got to tell you, the way that they just mumbled, jumbled everything together here, I I don't even, I can't get invested in the way I should be invested in. So for me, I, I got to say, I'm not digging it. And I am kind of, it's made me sick of the inner circle and uh, pinnacle. I, I I really don't care who wins. MJF, uh, MJF already doesn't, doesn't wrestle a lot as it is. And uh, yeah. this, is, this is just going to... Um, uh, show him on our screen week after week, even more not wrestling. Exactly. So, um, are you over it? Are you? Yeah, over I'm done. Story? I'm done. Like I, I really have no more no interest in this storyline. And that's a problem, eh? Is I don't either. Um, I mean, they're going to talk about one thing that I found slightly interesting that progresses the story and one thing that i found very disturbing that i didn't like that tried to progress the story but we'll get into that in the next segment when we take apart aw in our um our deep dial dive into dynamite um let's do a little bit of house cleaning here uh Elliot. Right. first of all let's uh tell the people where they if they would like to uh you know just write us contact us get a hold of us uh, send us topics send us ideas uh tell us we suck tell us we rule i don't care how do people on whatever places they can how do they contact us so you can write to us on facebook at wrestling pov podcast instagram wrestling pov one and twitter at wrestling pov excellent and you know what fans we are one of a couple of shows here on the wpov network we are wpov global every week they have me the gentleman and andy anderson who's been on a bit of assignments now and then joins us we talk about a bunch of topics, and then we go into a very interesting look and a, a dissection of AEW's Dynamite, how we felt watching it and where we think it's going and where it's succeeding, where it's failing. Then that show, by the way, you can usually find Thursday nights. Then on uh, Saturdays, we have WPOV Wrestling, which features 
Tony Diaz, the $50 man Clay Cummings, and the third wheel himself, Rick Serrano III, as they took an extremely humorous look to all the going-ons within the WWE, including all the shows you like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, NXT Baghdad, NXT Mars, and NXT Andromeda Galaxy, anything what? that's NXT possible. Yeah, the NXT Andromeda is pretty <laughs> cool, man. Anyhow, um, what I'm saying is there isn't a show that uh, if something happens within the WWE that these guys do not talk about. And they have their own topics and trivia games and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, we also uh, run with them a play per pay per view points game, and it's a game where it's we all uh, try and guess the outcomes of the matches of who's going to win, how they're going to win, and um, right now I believe they just started a season for it. Uh, the the for last month this month's winner. Uh, has a little bit of advantage going in. And what happens is you can be the winner for that pay-per-view points game and you'll be shown as such. But if you screw up, if you max out your points, if you manage not to guess properly and end up with the lowest points in the game, you get the Rick Serrano the Turd Award and you become the turd for the month until the next pay-per-view. So this is all for fun, for bragging rights. But you know what? This year... We've started a what kind of a uh, NASCAR aggregate system, meaning every time that you enter and uh, wherever you place in from group one to 10, you will receive amount of points that those points add up. And at the end of this, at the end of our season, if you have the most points wrapped up, you will win the grand prize. And the grand prize is a custom made wrestling belt for this said championship. So this would be cool. You can own your own uh, wrestling uh, belt that hasn't been purchased by the WWE. And uh, yeah, that, that's a, a cool bragging rights there with your friends. Uh, we also then have WPOV Aftermath. It's a show that appears every time that we have a major WWE thing. And we're also going to start some of the major uh, AEW ones also. When you watch those pay-per-views, we're going to have the matches laid out ahead of time. Whoa. <laughs> I'm talking about the pay-per-view. Look at it. I didn't even play it this month, and I, I I felt bad that I didn't get in on it. I really wanted to, and I seen that Matt Novak one. Can you believe that, Matt Novak? Ah, okay. He's like the NXT UK guy, isn't he? Yep. That they do on their show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm calling collusion. Anyhow, um, <laughs> so aftermath. Yeah, we sit. Uh, we watch those matches. We watch the AEW ones coming up. We talk. Uh, it could be any of us from any of the shows. We get together, we talk about it, and uh, we tell you, you know, was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? Did it suck? Was it a waste of time? How did we feel about it? And usually it gives a good indication of where these companies are going. And then the last show we do is WPOV Quarantine. Quarantine is a Zoom-based show where usually I bring on guests who are either wrestlers, journalists, women wrestlers. Um, we brought on uh, authors. We brought on historians. We get together, we have topics, and we have a, a roundtable sort of thing. Or sometimes we have a history lesson. We brought on recently Ron Fuller, the Tennessee stud. He spent a lot of time talking about some great stories. We bring on old guys, young guys, to see the contrast of how they see things today in wrestling. And I find it one of the most enjoyable parts of our week. So check out Quarantine. It comes out every uh, Wednesday night. Yep. So the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to take a crack at this one. No, you know what? I'll, I'll let you take it and I'll do the t-shirts. Elio, tell people the different uh, platforms that are available beside the flat platform that they're listening to right now. There are a whole host of others that you can get to our show. Tell them what those are. 
All right, fans, you heard all the shows that we have. You can find them all on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and TuneIn Radio for free. For free? Why are we not listening to the show? Okay. <laughs> Speaking of things and money, let's talk about T-shirts. Because we here at WPOVA Wrestling, we have T-shirts for sale through... Um, What's okay? <laughs> it slipped my mind. What is the name? It's ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Wrestling POV. We have five, six. Is it five or six? Five. It's five. 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 We have five t-shirts available. They're $19.95 each. High quality t-shirts uh, representing uh, different forms from rest, the Wrestling POV show to even actually two global t-shirts. One of which I'm so, I actually like them both. I mean, I like all the t-shirts, but yep. I'm really impressed with the latest release to the global shirt. It is uh, pretty cool. And uh, all this money, it's 1995 American plus shipping and handling. Uh, that money goes to help funding uh, this show because it does cost money to give you guys these shows. You know, we're, we're you know, three or four shows weekly. It, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of fees that go into uh, into these podcasts. So you'd be helping us out and you're getting a great T-shirt and help supporting a show that hopefully you like. Don't buy shirts if you don't like us. But and you know what? Yeah, even if you don't like us, go buy a shirt. It'll help us out. So anyways, we're going to take a quick commercial break here when we get back we're going to go into today's aew dynamite hey this is dirty duke durango and you're listening to wpov wrestling hey fans we are back let's take a look at tonight's aew dynamite show it is fire fest part two dynamite okay so look hopefully we had uh advertised a bunch of interesting matches this night let's dive in and see what we get okay we start off, first of all, with Chris Jericho taking on Sean Spears. This is the beginning of Chris Jericho's five-match series. If he manages to get through the five matches that MJF throws in his way, he will get a match with MJF. If he does not, MJF will not get in the match with him. So Jericho is taking on the, the, like the Hercules thing, okay? Uh, each time there will be a bit of a stipulation. His first match was a very strange situation where Sean Spears was allowed to use a chair legally through the match. And should Chris Jericho use a chair, he would be disqualified. It would be regular rules for him. Sean Spears was holding on that chair like it was his electric blanket. He um he had the strangest look on his face when he was hitting himself. Yeah. It was almost creepy. It's well, like, sorry? He he was like Linus with a blanket. Yeah, it was something. It was something. Now, notes I have down here is Chris Jericho. Okay, first of all, the fans. The fans were legitimately singing his song. Yep. So props there. Wasn't just a bunch of goof wrestlers in the front row paid to do it. They were singing his song. So I was impressed with that. Um, I thought he looked very old today, but he mm-hmm. seemed to move around a lot better than we've seen him for a while. So at least there was that. Yeah. But he's definitely looking very grizzled and gray. Um, uh, let's see. I really, oh my gosh. You sometimes when you see guys in the corner doing the overhead punch. Yeah. And sometimes you kind of cringe because it looks so bad. It looks like, oh man, you could see it not going anywhere near the point. I found such a contrast that Jericho is on top of Spears in the corner and he's lacing. They're doing the 10 count. He's punching them, but these punches look like, you know, he's not feeling, you know, they don't, they look terrible. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is this is basic stuff for Chris. But then Chris Jericho does a Frankensteiner, just jumps up and does a Frankensteiner out of nowhere. So that impressed me. Okay. The punches did not impress me. 
the okay. Frankensteiner brought me back around. Jericho takes a bit of a beating from then. Uh, Sean Spears manages to nail him with the C4 move, which is his usual move to, to defeat people. Chris manages to escape. Then um, there was a bit of a miscue where, uh, and this is where I thought something was going to happen, but uh, Sean Spears had set up a couple chairs in between uh, the second and the third rope, or I guess the first and second rope, trying to, uh, you know, try to throw Jericho in. He gets a yeah. reversal. Jericho whips around, whips him into the chair. And then when he comes out kind of dazed, hits him with the Judas elbow, and it's a one, two, three. Okay? Now, uh, MJF comes out, bitching and complaining and whatever. Is this uh, part I didn't like? Yeah. They, saying how, like, during, earlier in the match, uh, Tully kept starting to interfere, and um, Sammy Guevara came out and chased him away. Mm -hmm. So then... Um, MJF comes out and says, you know, if any of your friends come in any of these matches, you're done. I swear, Elio, I thought he was going to complain the fact that Sean Spears went headfirst into his own chair. I thought he was going to say, oh, well, technically, you know, Jericho got yeah. the win because of the chair. And I thought that was going to be a, a, some kind of argue point. So yeah. surprised he didn't jump on that. Um then he talks about he's bringing out his next challenger for next week. I thought Not it was going to be one of the other guys from Pinnacle when he. That's what I thought too. This took me. This took me by surprise, and who it is really took me by surprise even more. Not happy with it. No. Nope. He brings out garbage, hardcore backyard wrestling idiot, not Nick Gage. <laughs> now, if people have seen the dark side of uh, the ring. They know exactly who this idiot is, and what I, he's. I, I didn't. I didn't care. To see uh, that episode of Dark Side of the Ring, but I just said I'm gonna watch it anyways. Uh, like it did, it did nothing for me. Yeah, this guy, I'm not impressed with him in any sense, and I think it's a it's a bit of a piss poor choice by AEW to bring this guy in. Um, so next week we will see Nick Gage against uh, Jericho. Didn't they say it was gonna be a no DQ match? No DQ match. Okay. Next we have a Miro promo. Uh, short. But I'm still digging Miro for what he's doing right now. I find God's hilarious. favorite champion. The yeah, one's the Redeemer. The Redeemer. He calls himself the Redeemer. <laughs> I like it. it. It's funny. It works. Uh, next, next, this match stumps me, okay? It really does. Uh, Kaz um, taking on Doc Gallows. Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter. Now, he's been doing this gimmick where he's been hunting down members of the elite, attacking them from behind, trying to take them out, running away. This I didn't understand. He gets in the match with Doc Gallows. Uh, it's basically a 70-30 match. 70% of the time, he's taken a beating from Gallows, maybe getting 30% of the offense. And then Doc Gallows pins him. It's like, they took, it's like, it's like they took the storyline meant for Kazarian and they wrote it for Chris Jericho. Yeah, it's just like they took a mid-sentence. They just changed the story. Um, I didn't like that. Um I think this really kills the momentum of Frankie Kazarian having him to lose mm -hmm. to Doc Gallows like this. And so the, the now, now, now what are you going to do? Like, big deal. Yeah. You're big deal. You're going to go after the other guys. But who cares? He already lost to one. Yeah. So, you know, he had such a decisive uh, role going on. And I think this really derailed it. Listening to Doc Gallows, of all people, too. Um, so as they do the beatdown, um, Kenny Omega and Carl Anderson are in there with them. Uh, you know, we have the Good Brothers laying the beating on poor Kaz. We have uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega shooting their mouths off in the background. And then out comes Adam Page. And gosh, I hated the fact he's carrying a 
glass of booze and he's still doing still this, doing this. yeah so he gets in the ring clears it out kenny hits the bricks doesn't want anything to do with him uh it builds up well it builds uh it builds up adam page but you really i think sacrificed kaz here for this and, and i it didn't need to be done they could have used anyone else yep so um and i'm gonna say the kaz doc gallows match classical big man versus average man and and i don't know that Kaz has some really cool leaping offenses. He has that, you know, springboard into a leg drop. But I don't know. This feud is just taking it out for me. Yeah, he, Kaz he's is move better. Uh, next, we have a little uh, Ricky Starks uh, promo. He's surrounded by Hook, um, Taz, and um, what's the other guy? Hobbs. Hobbs. <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs. So... He's surrounded by these guys. He's talking on about how he's going to New Orleans and he's going to do this and that. And, you know, it was a short little, I got to put, I put a bunch of Z's beside it. Like I was sleeping watching this, <laughs> but then when they cut to Brian Cage doing his rebuttal, that was even harder. I mean, <laughs> are you still in the building? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, Elio, if you were to go in your backyard right now and find a mid-sized rock, maybe even a big rock, like the rock size of your head. I still think that rock, that inanimate <laughs> object, has more charisma than Brian Cage. Jeez. Man, that was bad. He's an energy suck hole. Uh, He's like, well, I'll be there next week. Yeah. Okay. It was such Are a we crappy. supposed to care? Yeah, because you didn't make <laughs> anyone care with that. Oh. Brian Cage is just, he's just crap in the bed here. I'm not enjoying him. Um, we move on to Darby Allen versus Wheeler, Utah. Um, you got any impressions on this match, Elio? Um, you know, um, it was it was okay. Uh, I liked uh, between this one and last week. I liked uh, his match with Sammy Guevara a little better. Darby Allen, you can tell he was already uh, still uh, with the taped ribs from last week's Hoffman match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, for me, it just was just okay. What do you think yeah. of this week? Kid. I you, mean, know what? you know what? Don't answer that. Let's save it next week. Yeah. Let's make it our bomb and uh, delete yeah. thing. Okay? Yeah, we're going to make a bomb for next week. All right. Um, hmm. I like the match. I think Yuda's has got some talent and potential behind him. Um, huh. Again. What's that? Again, separate him from the best friends. Anyone that that's around the best friends gets gets dragged yeah. down. Yeah, uh, he came with Orange Cassidy. What the hell was Orange Cassidy <laughs> and Sting doing on the outside ring? <laughs> okay, I have to say that part. I I I kind of I kind of laughed at that part. It's like, what's going on here? Even the, even uh, even you know was uh, no Darby Allen. I think Darby was, was like going. What who the hell was I trying to figure out what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even uh, touch each other. They just like it was just goofy, was just goofy comedy yeah. stuff that I don't necessarily want to see all that much. Um, the match itself was, you know, I I thought we got to see it. I know you said you preferred the Guevara match of last week with with Wheeler, but I think I think Wheeler had a better showing this week. Okay. He gave me a little bit more sight of what he could do. Uh, the match, you know, Sammy was on fire last week, which made that match spectacular. Yeah. Um, Darby, yeah, he's beat up and whatever. I'm going to say it was okay. 
And I think I was much more impressed with what I saw from Utah, Wheeler Utah this week than I saw last week. Okay. Yeah. I think he has a good potential. Um, next, we cut to a Moxley Archer promo. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, this was I wish great. they'd do more of these types. See, you know? this is what we want to see from Lance Archer, not the screaming, throwing things around. Yeah, not the whole blustery, get nowhere approach. Um, then we then we go to Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, and this is kind of funny because Britt Baker, she's supposed to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Nyla Rose, she's definitely a bad guy. Um, the fans really want to cheer Britt Baker. I'm telling you, Stone Cold Steve Austin. No yeah. matter what she does, fans are cheering for her. Um, I'm going to say we've seen her do some suspect wrestling over the last while. And she's gotten better. And I, a great example is I thought when she threw that sling blade on um, Nyla, it looked it looked pretty pretty good. And uh, it ended up being your classic uh, power, the power of Nyla trying to wear down Britt yep. uh, with Britt playing the um, the jabber, the stick and jabber who would punch in, get out, punch in, get out. Because if she knows she's getting caught, she's probably going to take a harsh beating. They did the Eddie the end, did, did the Eddie spot. Yeah. In the end, um, Nyla going down to the lockjaw. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, Britt coming out looking a lot better than going in, I think. Uh, it's it's going to be hard to keep this girl a bad guy. The fans really want to cheer mm-hmm. her. So, uh, Nyla Rose. Ugh. Nyla Rose. At least she looked, she wrestled a little better this week than I've seen you know her what? I, I'm going to say this. I don't like, I'm yeah. not a fan of Nyla Rose for Nyla Rose matches. This was better than I thought it would be. It was, it wasn't, uh, it was, uh, even though it was Nyla Rose match, it wasn't the the worst match I've seen. So on the, on the Pua meter, it was like <laughs> pro- one third <laughs> of like four thirds that we used to get from that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get that. I get that. You just had to translate it to poop and I got it. Okay. Um, that was an okay match. Uh, Britt getting the win. Uh, yeah, liking it. Um, next, we had, which I, when the start of this, man, I got to say, when it first started this interview, I was just like rolling my eyes hard thinking this is some WWE bullshit here, you know? We had Santana and Ortiz sitting at like a press conference type table, a podium, and then on the flip side, we had FTR. And they start this, the usual bad guy banter. And I'm waiting to see what tough guy crap that uh, Santana and Ortiz come up. But instead, Santana does a very cool little promo yeah. with pictures, illustrating the rough uh, things him and his mother and his family had to do to survive. Yep, I really like this and- one. And it really, it resonated, I think, on a lot of levels for anybody who's watched it. it. It touched in ways that you might not have, even if you weren't a big wrestling fan, there's parts of that story that would really touch you. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so as for the other two guys for FTR, they didn't really show a lot of personality here, but it's still early. Let's see where that goes. Um, Andrade comes out. With a special announcement, he has a new advisor, and it's uh, Chavo Guerrero, his new manager. Then he, then as he's talking, out comes Death Triangle, and Death Triangle aren't too happy that last week Andrade kind of called them out, so they thought they'd save him the trouble, and they come down to see him. And um, I don't know if it's lost in translation or something here, but um, Andrade was very much what I got out of it is he was trying to tell. Penta and Phoenix that that they should work for him. Yeah. 
and not for PAC, which of course PAC was saying, well, we know they, they don't work for me. They work with me. We're a team, you know? So I thought that was a very interesting contrast there. Um, but other than that, it was a hard to understand some of it. A lot of Spanish with no subtitles floating in. Uh, the lone, um, the lone guy who's not uh, Spanish, poor Pac standing there, being insulted by them that he doesn't speak their language. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see where this goes, because in, in some sense, I think some people, I think even Rick thought that maybe this was the way to group up, um, sorry, to group up, uh, how do you say it, to try and group up, you know how like Andrade had that group before in the wwe he kind of was like a a gangster type thing and he had like thugs that were dressed really you know oh that was and, in nxt right in nxt yeah okay so it, it's like he's trying to do this thing with the lucha brothers to make them his sidekicks which i don't think visually works you know do you really want to see penta and uh and and phoenix in suits no. I, I don't think that works for them you know, I, I, I've first seen in the death triangle pack. So with Andrade, I'm excited to see where this would go because he reminds me of that death or the death triangle are a very odd pairing to begin with. Mm -hmm. And maybe they stretch out. I, I mean, we just accept the fact they're a fun team, but don't you ever question why are they together? You know, yeah. why is the British dude running around with the two Mexican dudes? Why wouldn't they join the rich Mexican dude? So I'm, I'm in some sense, I'm, I'm excited to see that. In some sense, I wonder if they are going to try and incorporate the Lucha Brothers into the suited gimmicks as his henchmen. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. But let's face it, um, if Andrade and Pac go at it, I really think that's going to be an interesting uh, matches that we're really going to enjoy. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me yet, but maybe there's a story going on here that I'm missing. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see where this goes. All right. Next, we move over to QT Marshall being out there uh, with care. Marvez. Marvez saying, you know, you poured protein drink all over um, Tony Schiavone. And he was acting like he was scared. And QT was saying, hey, you don't, you didn't disrespect me. I'm not going to do it to you. And he said something which was more vague and threatening <laughs> than any kind of insurance by telling Tony that next week in the ring, he was going to have an apology for him. But the way he said it did not sound exactly like a dude who's going to go out there and give a real apology. So I'm, I, I, I'm a tiny bit curious. However, because it's QT, I also did put a bunch of Zeds beside his name. Like I was falling asleep <laughs> trying to watch it. So yeah. there's always that, the Marshall factor. Um, next, we have Orange Cassidy versus Blade. Um, we've had Blade jumping Orange Cassidy last week with uh, Brass Knuckles. Yep. I think they showed somewhere in here, didn't they? Like an earlier tonight or something. No, it was after the Wheeler, after the Wheeler Yuta match, Blade came out and attacked Orange, hit him in the face again, yeah, and left him for lying. Okay, yeah, yeah. so this match starts off with Blade and Bunny coming out. Uh, Blade's already celebrating and trying to get his hands put up because he knows that he's jumped uh, Orange earlier in the night, and Orange probably is not going to be able to fight. But as he's arguing with the referee, Orange rolls into the side of the ring and uh, the fight is on. Uh, I liked it for the fact is we finally got a match where Orange Cassidy didn't have the bullshit reasons to stick his hands within his pants. He wrestled uh, the whole match as a wrestler and I am reminded of how good of a wrestler the guy is because he, he actually is pretty talented. 
And I, I thought this was an enjoyable match. Yeah, um, this was good. Did you see the move where uh, Orange was on the top rope in the corner? Blade comes up and lifts him up and then drops him on the outside with his head across the turnbuckle. And I was like, holy crap, it looked like such a realistic slip-up, potentially dangerous move yeah. that just kind of took your breath away. Um, then uh, a solid match after that, a lot of interfering going on with Bunny and Chris Statlander trying to offset her. Um, but Orange gets the knockout punch, then the Superman punch takes him down. Then here's where things go weird, a little bit wacky off the rails. The knuckle but knuckle dusters are there. So Orange Cassidy slips them on and gives a Superman punch in front of everybody to Blade. And I thought, that's as a good guy that's taking things too far, but maybe the current AEW no good guys, bad guys thing is what had this. I don't know. What, what did that come across to you, buddy? I don't know if me, I just, I guess, he just uh, to cap off, uh, like, uh, his victory, I guess. Just like Darby like, Allen jumping through the coffin? Yeah, something like that, yeah. But is it such a, it's such a heel thing to do, though? I know, but the, <laughs> like, like you said, uh, AEW's, uh, there's no heel or faces anymore in this company. It's yeah. What it seems like. It does seem like that a lot. I hope that I mean, wasn't... Britt Baker, right? Yeah. She's a heel. People are cheering. No okay. heels or faces. Let's move over to uh, a quick uh, thing with Jericho where you're talking about uh, having to fight Nick Gage. And then he turns around. He's done up in all the makeup. The pain stuff maker. That he did in New Japan. Pain maker, yeah. So now the pain maker is going to be taking on uh, Nick Gage next week. So hopefully Nick Gage just gets squashed, which would be hilarious. This group please, just made a few bucks to make a quick please, appearance, you know. Please do. I don't want to see this guy anymore. Yeah, tonight was enough. Tonight was enough, definitely. And then we get to the main event of the evening. It's a Texas death match. Moxley versus Archer. Um, wow. There was a lot of stuff going on in this match. I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed it. There were a few things that bothered me. Um, the use of the fork. Yeah, I'm sorry. No good guy should ever be jabbing some dude in the face with a fork. Uh, and even the bad guy, you know, the bad guy took all the sympathy. You know, Moxley's jumping him, splitting him open. Um, uh, in the end, uh, wait, wait, like, it, it was actually really a bad guy, though. I mean, uh, he was hard in, to tell. Eh? He, he was in tech, he was in Texas. Everyone was cheering for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, it ends up that, uh, uh, there's we get in barbed wire wrapped around uh, tables, all sorts of objects being thrown around. Uh, in the end, however, we get Archer doing kind of a, a power slam uh, on Mox through one of the barbed wire uh, tables off to the side. Mox cannot answer the 10 count, and Lance Archer is the new IWGP US heavyweight champion. Got to tell you, I did not see this belt changing hands. I did not see a clear winner like that. Uh, yeah, no, I I enjoyed this match. I thought the ending was great. The uh, as soon as um, uh, Moxie went through the table, mm-hmm. they said, "Well, he stuck to the barbed wire. He couldn't answer the tank." And then they pinned to Lance Archer. He's got that that yeah. standing on the apron, and they announced him as a winner. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's a contrast there for sure. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got that look on his face. It's like yeah. Now I was super surprised that Archer won this. Yeah. Uh, were you surprised? I I, I, I was surprised. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, we almost all of us went for picking mocks, you know. Um, so that ends up uh, ending the ending uh, this. No, yeah, that was all right. Yeah, that, this was uh, the end of the show. Um, did not like the continuous use of forks in here. Well, hold uh, on. Uh, also, um, the Hikaleo me. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They, okay. Um, I'm not a fan of forks being used. Um, John Moxley's supposed to be the good guy, yet he is the one who's causing the most actual pain um but it was a fun death match uh yeah, i there's two things well three things in the match i did not like and they're all kind of concurrently saying the first one being the use of the fork did <laughs> not like that uh did not like barbed wire kind of unnecessary and the third thing let's see what was um Mox biting open the head of Archer. Yeah. Ow, ew. That is so not a good guy move. Like even a hero, even a seven-one questionable person. That is like a dick move. <laughs> you know, and he even yelled out, You ain't shit, Archer. And then he started biting his forehead. Oh, I oh I heard that. I heard uh, him say something. Yeah. Um I guess this seems like the blow off of this feud, but Archer winning the IWGP uh, US Championship, as we said. Uh, then Hikalea, who, for you North American wrestling fans who don't know who this guy is, he is the son of Haku. He is also uh, the brother of the Gorillas of Destiny. He's the younger brother. Yep. He has only been coming into New Japan for the last year and a half, sporadically making appearances. The dude's like six foot ten. He's a massive dude. And obviously they're pushing for him and Archer is going to be some kind of thing. Where does Mox go from here, buddy? In your mind, what does Mox do next? I mean, he's lost the series of matches. Uh, he's he's hard, lost his belt hard, now. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where he goes from there. Does he team with Kingston and go that route maybe against the... Uh, yeah, the no, now that he's back, I was going to say, uh, now that he's back, is he going to reform with the team with Kingston? Be interesting. Be interesting. Now, overall... Um, what did you think of this week's? Uh, tell me your breakdown of the entire card of which you, of how you felt about it, and then give me your rating for this week. So I don't you know. But, um, I went in saying this was okay, an okay show. I enjoyed last week's better, but mm -hmm. like uh, going through this now, it, it yeah, it was uh, actually even more. It was uh, just as enjoyable as last week. So I'm gonna go with like a B. All right. Yeah, um, there were some fun matches on there. There were some surprising matches. There was a couple of shitty matches. Um, but overall, it was a good feeling. It, it started to build that there was fun, a little bit more than usual than Dynamite because it is the Fighter Fest. Um, some storylines got set out. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with a B on this one too, okay? So, fans, I guess what we're saying is that this is like five or six month week in a row that yeah, right? AEW has been putting on some really good shows, so good on them. Um, any last thing you want to talk about, Elio, before we go running off to the sunset?